This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. And, and just fight, fight the air with nothing behind us? Is, is that how you're fighting? Anybody? How are you fighting? I mean, are you trying to tie the devil up and, you know, say, you stay right there in that corner, I'm going to tie you up? You know, are you using the weapons of the world or are you using the God-given weapons that our Heavenly Father gave us? What are some of the tools that our Heavenly Father gave us to fight with? Come on, ladies, we're just talking today. What are some of the tools that he's given us? Come on, holler out, what's something? His word, yes, yes. The word, okay, what are some of the other tools? Come on. Worship, yes, hallelujah. That is the battle cry that we're going to be talking about today. But he has, because in Ephesians 6, you know, I love Ephesians 6. Being a children's pastor, let me just tell you, you can really go there and have a lot of fun with your children. But, you know, when you look at Ephesians 6, you know, it's pretty much telling us the same thing again. It's finally, it's saying, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. And then it says, once again, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. And so it tells us to therefore put on the whole armor of God. We have got to get our battle cry on. You know, and some of the weapons are the weapons that we have is going to be our prayer, our praise, our faith, our hope, our love, and God. God's word. You know, we have got to make sure we stay in God's word. And today we're going to look at how some people in the Bible how their battle cry was. Because this morning, the first question I'm asking you is, how's your battle cry? Write that down. If you're, if you're, if you're writing notes, number one, first question, how's your battle cry? Is your battle cry strong? Is your sword sharpened and ready for anything that could come your way? Or is your battle cry just a little weak? You ain't got much in it. How many? How many would say their battle cry is, Woo, I am on fire. How many? And how many just saying, you know what? I'm just going through the motions. I'm just showing up and I'm walking through. I'm going to ask you one more time, how's your battle cry? You start thinking about that. You start letting that get into your spirit, man, and you start thinking, how's my battle cry? Lord, I, you know, this very moment, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just start speaking to you about where you are in your walk and your praise and how that you're coming before God and how he's sharpening you. And, and you, you keep that in the back of your mind. How is your battle cry? As I said, we're going to be looking through 
some people in the Bible and how their praise and how they handled the, the enemy coming against them because it says we fight not against flesh and blood but against principalities, right? We saw that in 2 Corinthians and we also see it again, you know, in Ephesians 6. But in this life that we're walking in today, we all have battles. We all have things coming up against us. But as we said last night, if we recognize the person, not for the battle that the person is doing against you, but maybe what has caused that person to act that way, what is broken within that person, if we change our perception of that person, then God may be able to use us with our battle cry to help change that person that's around us. Ladies, we are to become the light in a dark world. Are you, I mean, you know, and that's something with them doing the praise and worship this morning. You know, that is something I was sitting in there thinking, Lord, light our fire, light our fire, just like you did in the, the days of the Old Testament with the burnt offering that they did not light it, but the Holy Spirit came down and he lit the fire. That's the type of fire that we need to be growing and cultivating in our spirit that's from the throne room of heaven, that very fire. You know what? I need him. And we were created to praise the Lord. Let's take, let's move on to Acts 16. Let's look at how Paul and Silas, you know, Paul and Silas, they in chapter 16, and really, if you go back to verse 16, and I'm not going to read it all because I've got a lot I want us to look at today because today, I want us to look at our battle cry, where we are right this moment in our battle cry. And right here, we've got Paul and Silas, you know, and they're getting ready to go into the house of worship, and they're getting ready to go and pray. And there had been this lady that kept following them around, you know, she, she had a spirit on her that she could, you know, say what the people were doing, and, and they just kept following him. And, you know, and Paul finally, he's like, I haven't had enough of this woman following me around, you know, and saying things, you know, and, and she, he just got tired of that spirit. So he looked at her and he said, spirit, get out of that woman. And immediately the spirit left. And when that spirit left that woman, she did not have that, that spirit on her anymore. So the money that she was raising for the person that she was working for, she no longer could do that because that spirit had left. Because Paul had spoke to the spirit. So the, the, the man, he got upset. So what did he do? He went and he locked up Paul and Silas. Let's start right here. I'm going to go to 19. It said, when the owner of the slave girl realized that their, that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, these men are Jews, and they are throwing out the city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. 
and 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Can't you just see them? Now, let me ask you, if you was locked and been beaten and been stripped and was in the presence, what, what would be your battle cry right then? Would you be, and I cannot believe that they done beat us and threw us. What would be your battle cry? What would be going through your head right that moment? Come on, ladies, be honest. How would you feel? You would be upset. How many would be upset? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Because that's the flesh of us. But you know what? That's not where the battle cry of Paul and Silas was. That's not where their spirit man was because their spirit man was what they were doing. They were doing for Jesus. You know, and so in their battle cry, they were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners. Y'all look at that. While they, they were singing and they were praising and singing with hymns to God, the other prisoners, what are they doing? What are they doing? They were what? They were what? While they were singing and praising. Okay. While they were singing and praising, the prisoners were listening. Let's go a little bit further. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself we are here okay the question I'm gonna ask you first and then we're going back how's your praise when your life is bound in chains how is your praise when life has got so heavy that you just can't even do it you just can't hardly keep going through how is your praise then see right here we find Paul and Silas they are bound and but you know what you know and I know you've heard this before where the, where the jailer messed up is he put them together do you know what because where there's two or three together and when they're agreeing there he is in the midst of all of that see that's what took place right there in their prison they were bound and they were chained you know maybe right here today you've had things that's had you bound you know we when we are bound so tightly you know that's when we've got to get on our face and we've got to pray even harder because you know what it is our prayer and our praise that change a shift it makes a shift in our heart when you were going through something and you're just letting the, the voices of this is going on, this is happening, if you let all the world's ump get on you and weigh you down, do you have a praise on you? Do you? When you've let everything around you weigh you down, how's your praise? Is it good? Come on, ladies, wake up this morning. Hey, lunch is being cooked. Wake up for me. How's our praise then? Is it good? No, because we've got the weight of the load and we're so heavy. So what is it that we've got to do to change the atmosphere? What is it that we've got to do, ladies? What do we need to do? We need to change what's coming into these ears right here. These right here are the gates, our ears, our eyes. Everything that we hear, everything that we see, what does it do? It goes right here. There's 18 inches right here between a amen or oh me do you hear me 
right there from what you see and what you hear changes what's right here. But when you're, you know, there's a new ministry out here, and it's only been out about about three or four months. Randy showed it to me because me, i am always got a phone. I've always got music going because I'm here to tell you when I've got music around me, it lifts my spirit. Just as the singing this morning, it lifted your spirit, did it not? You know, that is what we are to do. We need to change what we're hearing. We need to be turning on the music that says, you know, I, you know, the, um, I worship you. I worship you. You need to start changing the atmosphere. There's a station that's called 24-7. It's an app. I, I'll tell you, get that app on your phone. It's free. If you've got an app and I don't know how else to do it. Download that app because 24-7, it's nothing but praise music on there. And then they're giving God's word. See, when you are feeling like you are alone and, and, and everything around you is crushing you and, and it's depressing, you need to change the atmosphere of your room. And you need to sing, oh, I love you, Lord. I lift up your voice. You need to sing a hallelujah. You need to change the atmosphere. When you change the atmosphere, what changes within you, huh? What changes? How you act, how you start feeling starts changing, does it not? Does it not just lift your spirit, man, when you start praising? You know why? Because that's how we commune with our Heavenly Father, through our prayer, through our praise. No matter what you're going through, when we're praising Him, it changes the way we see. It absolutely changes the way we see. So I'm going to ask you this question one more time. How's your praise when life's got you bound in chains? The answer to changing it is change the atmosphere. Change what you're letting be before you. Change what's coming out of your mouth. There's life and death in this thing right here. And this thing can either bless or curse. It can either bless or curse yourself or the people around you. I ask you to speak blessings. Say that, I will. Come on, baby, I will. I want to hear you this morning, I will. Speak blessings. I will. A life giver. I will change my atmosphere. How are we going to do that? By changing what's coming in and what's going out. Because you know what a man thinketh, so is he. So what you've been spending time with is what you know I can take an onion and I can put an onion near me, kind of wipe it on my clothes. When I walk by you, what are you going to be smelling? I don't want you to smell onion when I pass by you. I want you to smell the presence of my heavenly Father. I want the aurora, the smell be so strong that there's no doubt that that's where I've been. When you have been in the throne room, when you've been in your private place and you've been praying, I'm here to tell you the world knows. They see. They see. They may not understand, but I'm here to tell you, dear ladies, they know because there's the power of the Heavenly Father that there is no mistaken because he created all things, did he not? In the beginning, he created everything. He spoke it into existence. Then he formed the man, and then he, he breathed into him, did he not? When he put that breath in him, that was him, you know, putting his spirit in us, us becoming one with the Father when he does that. Okay, let's go a little bit further. 
The second question I'm going to ask you is, who's listening and watching? Who was the first person? Who was the first people that was listening? Who was listening when Paul and Silas was praying? Who was listening? Who? The prisoners. Oh, yes. Yes. Lives are affected by us. We affect the people around us, ladies. Do you hear me this morning? We influence the people around us. Let's go a little bit further. Let's pick up on 28. Because, you know, at this time, the jailer was about to kill himself because they, they knew with him letting them out that they were going to be killed. So he was beating them to the draw. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are here. The jailer called the, the jailer called for light and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. At the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house. The jailer that had to lock them into the inner courts has now accepted our Lord and Jesus Christ as their Savior because they were around someone that wasn't grumbling, someone that wasn't negative, but two that had been beaten and had been stripped that maybe did have something to grumble about, but they were not. They were singing, I love you, Lord, and I lifted my voice. That's what they were doing. They were praising and they were worshiping my heavenly Father. And by their praises, not only was the prisoners affected, but then the jailer, who did not even understand all of that, now him and his family was baptized. You know what? When you walk around your children and they may be unsaved, you be a light. You be a light, even if what's coming out of their mouth doesn't please you. You know, not all of mine are where they need to be, but I hold on to that scripture right there. You and your household shall be saved. You plant the seeds right where you're at, and it's God who will water it and cultivate it and grow it. Thank you, Jesus, that our prayers go up. Oh, Lord, and then at the time, they come right back down. Thank you, Jesus. So I ask you these questions. How's your battle cry? How's your battle cry? Paul and Silas was dead on. Their cry was right because their cry, their spirit, their presence was right. Even though they'd been bound and chained, they affected the people around them because their praise was right. Their eyesight was right. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore, Jesus, it says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Forever let the praises be in your, your mouth. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 
How's your battle cry? I'm going to keep saying this over and over again because I'm telling you, I pray that a fire will be lit, a fire that will be lit. We're going to look a little bit further. We looked at Paul and Silas. Now let's turn to Luke. Turn to Luke. We're going to turn to Luke, and we're going to go to verse um, chapter 7, and we're going to start at chapter 36. How's your body cry? You know, a lot of people look at their chains, and they can either see defeat, or they can just be waiting and knowing that God is going to turn it around, that what the enemy meant for harm, that God can turn it around for his good and his glory. But let's look at the one who maybe had sinned and, and how her battle cry is. You know, because each person in here, your praise is going to be different from the one that's beside you because you're going to be in a a different path than what your sister has. And so that means that your praise may be different. Doesn't mean that your praise is wrong. It's just made that you walk differently and you create it differently. Me, when I start praying and stuff like that, I get loud. Sometimes, now Randy, he's a little bit more quiet, but I can't help it. I'm created to just be loud and, and I'm created to get in my room and just sing and, and, and just praise and be silly. And, you know, sometimes you just need to shut the door on me and leave me alone, you know, because that's just the way I do it. But, but you, you know, know what? There's, there's not a right, right way, way and there's, there's not a wrong way. way. There's, there's just the way. way. You, you praise Yahweh. That is what you are to do. But let's look at the sinful woman who anoints Jesus' feet. We're going to Luke 7, and I'm starting with verse 36. How's your battle cry? Now, one of the Pharisees invited, and y'all underline that right there, one of the Pharisees, okay? One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. Something that you need to understand, we sit at the table straight up. Our feet are on the table. Our chairs are pulled in. But in those days, they did not. The tables were long, and they had benches, and they they would lay, they would, they would get up on their elbows and they would lay and they would, you know, they have one up and they would just be like they were grazing, but they rested, they lay with their bodies out this way. I wanted you to kind of get a picture that's what's taking place. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eaten at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, weeping, ladies, with her alabaster box that was worth everything she had, she was weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. That is that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owned money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. 
which of them will love him more? Which one would you say? The one that owned 500 or the one who owned 50? Which one? Which one would love the most? Yes, the one that, that, that owed the most. Simon replies, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. Because this is the custom, y'all. It says, When I came into your house, you did not give me any water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me the holy kiss. When you come in, you're supposed to greet with a holy kiss. You did not greet me with a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put all on my head, but she has perfumed, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been Forgiven, little, loves little. Oh, okay, right here. The first battle cry was being bound up. How's our battle cry when we've been bound up? But how's our battle cry when we have been forgiven so much? You know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one in here that has never sinned. We have all sinned, but some of our sins have taken us farther and kept us longer than we ever anticipated. You know, and that is the truth of it. Because when sin grabs us, when addiction grabs us, it is hard to, to break some of those things that come on our life. So this woman, she heard that Jesus was coming. She had heard about this Jesus. She needed to get in the presence of this Jesus. So she brought in what she had. She brought in her alabaster box of, 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 of oil. You know, in those days, it was an alabaster carved. It was a jar of alabaster that the oil was in, and the oil was precious. It was precious oil, and the, it had such an aroma to it. It had such a sweet, sweet smell to it. You know, and so my question to you now is, what is the aroma of your battle cry? What is the aroma of your battle cry? Is your battle cry, is the aroma just in the atmosphere? Are you changing the atmosphere with the praise? Does your praise have an aroma to it? You know, in 2 Corinthians, and I think this is worth you underlining. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, at the top of it, you put on there the aroma. The aroma. And then when you go through your Bible, you'll see that and it'll make you read it. But in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, it says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance. Everybody say fragrance. Oh, and yes. It says, through him, through us, through us, through me, through you, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. And then 15. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. 
We are the aroma. We will be the only Jesus some people will ever see. You know, at God's pit crew, we have had people say, oh, y'all sit around and y'all do Bible studies all the time. No, we don't. We're overworking. We're always working. Not that we don't get in God's Word. And I'm here to tell you, not everyone that volunteers at God's pit crew is saved. But you know what? We are going to be in aroma. We are the only church some of those people will ever walk into. Just like Paul and Silas in prison, when when these people are around us and people around you that aren't saved and will not darken the door of the church because they look at it as a bunch of hypocrites, and the reason that they think it's a bunch of hypocrites is because our aroma has been stinking. We don't need no stinking aroma. We need Jesus' aroma to be true. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be real. I say one more time, Holy Spirit, light a fire in this room today that is an authentic praise, an authentic worship. Holy Spirit, we can't breathe. We can't move. We can't do anything without you. But, Lord, get rid of this. Get rid of this stinking attitude, this stinking thinking. And, Lord, let our words be uplifted. Let our words be an encourager. You know, sometimes people can be in a bomber. They can suck the very life out of you. But the only thing that's going to put life back in you is getting in the foot of Jesus. You know, being like the woman that's pressing in. I need to just touch the hem of his garment. Oh, Holy Spirit, do a work that only you can do. How is your aroma today? I hope you're getting something this morning because I'm going to tell you what, this has been speaking to me. How is my aroma? Oh, Lord, when I'm sitting on the tarmac for two hours, you know, and I kept saying, Lord, don't let me have a smell of smoke on me because you know what I got to go do. But, you know, maybe that plane needed to be delayed for a couple hours because the wind was just too rough and God was giving me time just to, to sit and, and let the people around me not hear me grumbling and I didn't. We sit there and, and I just opened up the Bible and I started reading trying to prepare. You know, but but who knows? What if I had sit in that chair and I grumbled? Well, I can't believe this. Can you believe this? We are going to be two hours late. What are we going to do? So that person that's sitting in that seat beside me, what am I doing? I'm being an embalmer. But instead, if I'm sitting in that seat and Randy's giving me more things about storms, you know, so that woman, she was watching. I know she was watching. I don't know what she thought, but maybe a seed was being planted in her life that, you know, hey, somebody still loves Jesus. She's got her Bible right here on the plane. I was afraid to put it in my baggage because I was afraid that I wouldn't get my baggage. So I'm like, I got to have my Bible. I'm going to tote it right on this plane. But you know what? What is your aroma with the person that's sitting around you? Ladies, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. I'm going to tell you what. I have a son that I know he and his household is going to be saved. I know he's got seeds in him, and I'm just praying, Lord, you just stir it up around him, and he is going to fall on his face, and he is going to worship you, and he is going to love you because I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it. I'm believing it, and I'm agreeing, and I know that it's coming to pass because if anything happens and he needs me to pray over first, first thing, Mama, you got to pray. Mama, you got to pray. You know, so the boy knows. He knows prayer. He knows. He just ain't doing it in 
himself yet, but there's a seed there that's being cultivated. And one time on my desk at, at, at church, I didn't have the real stuff, but I've got the real stuff now, and I'll tell you what, I won't use nothing but the real stuff. It was just the Crisco, and you use whatever you got. You use whatever you have in your position. But he opened up that lid, and he said, oh, that stinks. Oh, that stinks. Oh, that pierced my heart. That pierced my heart. Oh, I wasn't doing my best for Jesus. I did not have the best for Jesus out there. So I went and got me the real stuff that has that sweet aroma, that aroma, that, that smell that I feel like when you go into the holies and holies. Or when she was pouring that oil on his feet, I believe that that whole room, the aroma just changed in that room because it was the real praise. It was authentic worship. It was worship that had cost her something. Does your worship cost you? Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. But you know what? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The cool thing about this is that Jesus told her, your sins have been forgiven. See, so quickly, men want to look at you and say guilty as this Pharisee did. Oh, she's sinful. She's guilty. You know, that's how he classified her. That's how he called her. But how did Jesus call her? Oh, your sins are forgiven. You know, it says even when man's opinion has declared us guilty, there is one, there is one who can be touched by our worship and our sins are forgiven. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. How's your aroma? What is your battle cry? What are people thinking when they're around you? I can go on and on. We can look in the Bible over and over, and I know that there's not enough time. You know, getting into the battle cry, we can look at Joshua marching around the walls of Jericho. They didn't lift a hand. All they did is they walked around because they did what the Heavenly Father told them to do. And on the seventh time, what they do? They marched around seven times. And what did they do? They praised. They praised. And it intimidated it intimidated, and then the walls fell because the people inside, they, they got afraid. I mean, we can go on and on, and David, David who worshiped, David who prayed, but yes, he messed up along the way, but he always came back. He always got before him and, and repented, you know, to have a heart like David. And then Daniel, who prayed morning, noon, and night, and was a man of integrity, you know, there, the worship. How was their battle cry? How is your battle cry? But I want I want us to look at a couple more things. I want us to look into Psalms. Um, and I want to go back to one more thing. Let's go back to one more thing. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians because I think this is so very important. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 where we are saying, for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. You are an aroma, okay? But then it goes on to 16, and this is exactly what the Pharisee was, was doing right here at looking at that woman. It says 16, to the one we are the smell of death, to the other we are the fragrance of life. There's going to be people around you that's not going to understand your praise. But I'm here to tell you, to the one that understands, oh, give God all the glory. 
and, and you know, know not everybody's going to understand where you at. at. Don't, Don't worry about it. You praise just the way God created you to praise. You raise a hallelujah. You raise a hallelujah wherever you are because when you're raising a hallelujah, everything around you is affected. You know, and, and when you're going through a battle and you're praising, I'm telling you, they stand up. They stand up and they look over and they say, oh, my daughter, she, she's in need of something. Look at her. She's praising. You send, you send such and such. You send those angels to go and, and be around her, camp around her. You cover her. You hide her in the cleft of the rock. God, so that the enemy might come close, but never will her foot even be stomped. When you get into the praises of our Heavenly Father, I'm telling you, the battle isn't as fierce because the thing is when we're in the boat and, and, and the battle is raging so strong, you know, we've got two options. We can either let the water get in our boat and our boat sinks, or we can stay on top of that water and we can just get keep going across until we get to dry land again because I'm here to tell you, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you're going through, we got to keep our battle cry in the right spot. We got to keep our eyes fixed on who? We got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And he will have his hand out here and he'll say, Come on, daughter. Come on. Come on. I got you. Keep watching me. Come on. I got you. You almost across. You almost made it through. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yes, they're watching. Yes, there are opinions out there. But you just keep your eyes fixed right here, and he will carry you through. How's your battle cry? What's the aroma that you're putting off? Let me tell you what. We were created to praise the Lord. We were created to praise the Lord. Turn to Psalms. I'm going to go through these quickly. This right here is where his kiss was created. We was on our way. This is Miss Stephanie will understand this. My children's ministry was called His Kids Powerhouse. Oh, what an awesome, awesome time. I know we have seasons. But, you know, his kids came from Psalms 100. Shout for the joy of the Lord, all the nations. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are the, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with what? Praise, yes. Enter his courts with humdrum? No. Enter his courts with praise. For the Lord is good and his love endures for how long? Forever. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. But if you look at the Psalms, if you just need to go somewhere to be encouraged, to be lifted up, and you don't know exactly where to go, go to the Psalms. Because I'm here to tell you, if you start looking at Psalms 145, we were created to praise. Our Heavenly Father, He created us. But if you start at Psalms 145, 145 all the way to the last one, 150, what are they singing over and over again? Psalms 145, and I won't do them all, y'all. I won't do that to you because I'm telling you what, I'm coming to the last spot I want to take us to. And I pray that the fire will be lit and that your praise will never, ever go out. 
Psalms 145, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and exalt your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy to be praised. His greatness no one can fathom. When you come to the end of it, it says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. Can I say that over and over? again he made you so if he made you then you have a hunger to to commune with him when people are lost and looking for love in the wrong place it's because they ain't plugged into the right source the one who created them he desires from the beginning of the bible to the end the whole thing is is that he wants to commune with you he wants to be with you he wants to fellowship with you he wants to walk with you Daily. Do you get that? From the beginning of where the tabernacle and Adam and Eve in the garden, he came down every day and he walked with them, did he not? And who was it that hid? It was Adam and Eve. They hid because they, they discovered that they were naked and they had eaten that apple, did they not? But who came? He came, did he not? He was there. Adam, Eve, where are you? He knew all along. Every time we pull away, he's still saying, Sister, my friend, my daughter, where are you? And he stands right here and he keeps calling. He never leaves us. It's us that walks away. So our praise, how is our praise? All of these are starting and ending with praise the Lord, 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Um, and it just goes on and on. When you end 146, it says, the Lord watches over. And it says, the Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. And then when you go to 147, it says, praise the Lord. Over and over again, God is telling us. His word is leading us, directing us. If you're ever lost, right here. It's right here. He tells us what to do. What is he telling us to do? Praise ye the Lord. All ye people, praise ye the Lord. It's 147, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. And even this next one, it says the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the, ex the exiles of Jerusalem. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When you're brokenhearted, you still praise the Lord. When you ain't got nothing else left in you, you praise the Lord. And when you're praising him, he's going to come in to that spot that's broken and he's going to start healing it and he's going to start changing how you're feeling and he'll start lifting the brokenness and he will bond it. You know, and then it ends again. Praise ye the Lord. 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. If you don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. 
Do you hear me? We were created to praise the Lord. We were created, praise him, you highest heavens and the waters above the sky. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded that they were created. He set them into place forever and ever. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye Ye great seas, creatures, and all the urchins. We are to praise the Lord. Every created thing is to praise the Lord. 149, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the semblance of the saints. And then when 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of powers. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of a trumpet. That means you praise him. However, praise him. He created all things to praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. I ask you, how's your praise? How's your praise? I'm here to tell you God created you for praise. I want us to look at one more thing. How's praise in the throne room? And I'm going to ask you to come play. Oh, thank you, God. How is our battle choir? How is our aroma? How is our praise this morning? Has my praise kind of fizzled? Am I just going through the motions? Am I just walking in and, hey, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I've had church and I go back home. How's your praise this morning? How's your praise? You know, when he was born in the stable, what was it? A star show? And was there not angels saying glory to God in the highest? They were singing glory to God in the highest. Christmas is not far away. Think about that. From when he was born in the stable, they were praising him. They were watching over him. They were singing glory to God in the highest and the star. And it sent the, the, the shepherds to go and see first. And, you know, and then in a few years, the wise men, you know, but... Jesus was created to be worshipped. We are to praise and worship him. And when you go to Revelations, this is what's happening in the throne room. I'm not going to tell you I understand everything, but one thing I do understand is when they start singing, holy, 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 holy. I'm here to tell you, when you look at chapter 4, and it says, worshiping God in heaven, and then under it, it says, the throne in heaven. This is what's taking place. This is what is, is happening. It says, after this, I looked, and there were before me was a door standing open in heaven, and a voice I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and, and, 
in carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald, encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling the pearls of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. There were the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living, living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third was like the face of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of them each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. Even under their wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, this is in the throne room, they never stopped saying, holy, 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 holy. They never stopped singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then it goes down further. It says, when the living creatures give glory, honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders, what did they do? They fell down. They fell down before him who sits on the throne and they worshiped him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. There it is again. You created all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. He created us. He put that breath in us. And in the end, when the, when the trumpet sounds and he pulls us up and we go and we dine with him and we live with him, it's going to be praises. It's going to be glory. It's going to be every color, every nation. Every different believer, as long as they were true to God and had the one true living God in their hearts and they had authentic worship, authentic praise that wasn't corrupted by the world or changed by what the world's standard was, then they would be standing in the holies of holies and they're singing, holy, 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 holy. Stand up, ladies. Just think about it. Just think about it right now. Right now, he deserves our best praise. He deserves our best praise. I ask you right now, what is your battle cry? Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphurst.org. Thank you and God bless.